Hayden, it's Marvel time. Oh boy. We got a new Marvel. It feels like, I, you know, maybe it's because I didn't actually see Spider-Man in theaters, but it feels like it's been a while since I had a Marvel. Also because I skipped Hawkeye, but you know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do think it's been a minute since there's been anything really worth talking about. What, it'd be Loki? Because Loki, did Loki finish after Eternals? Uh, no, I think it was before. Oh, okay. Well, we talked about Eternals, and there wasn't a lot to talk about. So the last thing that was really worth talking about besides Spider-Man was Loki. So yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, that kind of pairs nicely with Doctor Strange, because this is, uh... I guess it's not really fair to say this is the first time Marvel's really doing anything with the multiverse, because Spider-Man is a thing that happened, but... Spider-Man felt narrower in scope. They had a very specific thing they were trying to do that they were incorporating the multiverse as a machine of fan service. And Doctor Strange is a little more open. It's 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 showing a little bit more what Disney is trying to do with the idea of the multiverse, for better or worse. And basically, that is to say that like I want to I want to make a quick comparison to everything everywhere all at once which i think i've already said on the podcast before and so like i saw a lot of discourse talking about that movie as a parody or a satire of the idea of a multiverse and because of things like that i feel like i'm getting burnt out on multiverses before any of them have even gotten started do you feel that uh i don't feel any burnt outness but I didn't know you were going to go straight into everywhere, everything everywhere, because I have an interesting uh, point referring to that at, that I will make at some point, but I will let you direct this train, and I will find the proper time to interject. <laughs> okay. It's just that I feel like there, there are so many properties now that are just jumping on the multiverse, because and, 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 and the idea of a multiverse is not a new concept. Like... Marvel's only doing it in the movies now because it's been a thing in the comics for years. And even then, the idea of different dimensions and different worlds is not a new concept in any shape or form. It's just that now Marvel has the public used to the idea of it. They have introduced the word multiverse into the the popular lexicon that it's fucking weird. I saw an ad today for a DC video game. Or, or a Warner Brothers video game, rather. I don't know what kind of game it is. It's it's called Multiversal, and there was a thumbnail of Batman holding Shaggy in his arms, and like, what are we doing here? Like, how <laughs> how did how did the idea of the multiverse get taken away from Marvel before they even had a chance to do anything with it? Does that not seem weird to you? No, not that weird. I mean, we've already had. You're forgetting. Everyone our age at least, has been exposed to the multiverse since a very young age in a game called Smash Bros. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess that's true. So like the, the word was never applied, but you're not wrong. The the way that it's being interpreted now is different, but I still think a lot of people have fully been exposed to the concept of different characters or different versions of characters meeting in a way that they would never actually be able to do. And so I do think, I think that's why they're just taking it, taking this concept and running with it is because it's, I mean, it can be very complicated. I don't think Marvel has, well, I think Marvel has 
done a decent job of not making it terribly complicated. But for some of the gripes I have, I don't know if for my tastes they have gone deep enough yet. Which is interesting because before seeing Doctor Strange, my biggest concern was that they were going to go too deep and make everything really fucking confusing. And then I came out of Doctor Strange and was like, I don't think they did enough. And I kind of wish they did more than what we got in that movie when exploring it. Although, to my initial uh, concern, that obviously wasn't a thing because they didn't do that. And I think that's probably why they didn't try to go super deep or get really complicated with multiverse shit yet. Because, to your point, if you do, then everyone gets real fucking confused and burnt out real fast. Yeah, and and like, all right, so so just just get out of the way before I go on further. Obviously, we are talking about Doctor Strange. We're going to be talking about it for a while, and I intend to go full spoilers because there's a lot of things I want to talk about with this movie. So this is your official warning. This is your turn back point or your skip ahead half an hour point. We're talking Doc Strange. Everybody dies. <clears throat> kind of. Oh. So... So to bring Chris, it to that's bring my it, spoiler for everything. You can't actually tell them it might be right. <laughs> so to bring it back to everything everywhere, the, the main point I want to make with that is since Marvel is invested in the continuous idea of the multiverse for however long they decide to stick with that as a driving concept for their movies, it they they need to take it slow. They need to reveal it to the audience in a way that is palatable for the widest audience possible, right? And and so then I think when you have projects like Everything Everywhere that is a one-off, that is self-contained, that will likely not have a sequel, that clearly was not written for a sequel, it's not a franchise, but it's playing off of the ideas of franchise movies they 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 go a lot harder because it's a smaller story and they can explore these concepts deeper. They have a fully realized multiverse that has all of the concepts that I imagine Disney intends to implement, but they get it, like, they just shove it in your face, they get it in and out. And then because of that, Doctor Strange, and, and not, not to say that this is coloring, for instance, your interpretation in a way that makes it wrong, but I do think that then to see Doctor Strange, it makes it feel all the more shallow because of it. Yes, that was one of my, that was the thing I was going to bring up, is that I, I think part of me not being as like, oh my god, this movie was fucking amazing, was because I came away going, everything everywhere kind of did everything this movie tried to do better. <laughs> and And so some of the, some of the, like the big impact moments or cool things they tried to do, I was like, "Yeah, that was cool," but I, I've seen it done and explored to an even to a much deeper degree, like you said. And 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 then I was it was funny. I was talking to a coworker about that today, and that and that's what she brought up too. Is she was like, "I I just thought everything everywhere did it better, and I enjoyed that more from from a purely individual movie about." multi a multiverse or exploring the theory of multiverse um and i mean i you you would i don't know where exactly where you fall on that but like i'm 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 with my coworker and it's like you you have to take some real convincing to tell me that dr strange did it better but as you've already said it's setting the it, it's starting to 
it's starting the groundwork so that it can continue to build and get it to be more complex down the line. Yeah, I think there is a nugget of legitimate criticism to level at uh, Doctor Strange when it comes to its use of the multiverse. I think there is legitimate criticism there. However, I also kind of don't think it matters, at least for my enjoyment, if that makes sense. Like, like you know, I, I came to you when I came out of Doctor Strange and I said Doctor Strange was dope as fuck. And I stand by that. I'm not backtracking on that. And then you see Doctor Strange and you say, eh, it was pretty mid. And I don't disagree with that. I think Doctor Strange is like a 6.5, maybe 7 out of 10 movie at best. It's just everything around what it was doing was dope as all fuck. Yes. Yes. It It's kind of, well, I was thinking about this. This is really the first real foray into the multiverse we've gotten since Loki. Right, yes. like well, well, I mean, I mean, having the Spider-Man in the Spider-Man movie is is the thing. But as far as like multiversal concepts go, yes, yeah, yeah, like them them pushing that concept forward and developing storylines that could potentially come as we go on. This this right. is the first. This is the second foray foray into that, and if nothing else, the inclusion of America Chavez as a character is a step forward for multiversal ideas is, because of the way her powers function. Is she Miss Marvel? I don't remember it. I was kind of wondering that the whole time I was watching the movie. I thought she And the only reason why I thought she was, and I thought that watching the movie is because I think I saw an article that was talking about Miss Marvel's powers and why they changed her, changed her powers from the comics and the book because it better fits where the comic or the, where the books are compared to where she, when she came out in the comics. And I was like, oh, okay. So then when they like don't say her hero name, I'm like, this is <laughs> this is going to be Miss Mar- Miss Marvel. I, I Okay. No, she is not Miss Marvel. Okay. Then never mind. Miss Marvel is Miss Marvel's uh her like person name. <laughs> her not superhero name is Kamala Khan. Khan because she is Pakistani, I believe. Sweet. So okay. no, America Chavez is her own thing. Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, that makes... Oh, my God. What? Talk about a fucking MacGuffin. Holy shit. Yes. So, all right, let's okay, start now, there. Okay, because... mm-hmm. See, you shouldn't have told me this, because now that kind of makes me hate the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say of all the things the Multiverse of Madness did, I was the most disappointed and put off by America Chavez's character. It It felt weird... She never really felt in place, and she herself kind of was a disappointing plot device, especially when it comes to the resolution of the movie. Yeah. Now, um, do you know, is she a... She's not a what-if character, is she? Uh, I didn't finish what-if. Like, is this is this the first time... I'm, I'll look at it. Is this the first time that she has shown up in a Marvel property. If there is anything else she would have shown up in, it would have been what if, but I don't think she was there. Okay. I'm trying to... Trying to do a a quick synopsis scan of the what if series. I'm just... I just searched her on the Marvel wiki to see if it has, like, what she's shown up in. 
Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, like cinematic just, appearances. appearances is just Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So yeah, she just yeah. shows up in this movie, and I was like, the whole opening scene, I'm like, am I supposed to know who this is? And then when you find <laughs> out it's a dream, I'm like, oh, okay. That makes a little bit more sense, but also like, who is this person? I, so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I almost feel like, so... I, I don't know if this character is ever going to get her own movie or her own series or whatever. I don't know if she's going to be a big name in Marvel going forward. And if she is, then it feels weird. And I feel like it's a disservice to her character to have essentially her origin movie as a side character in like currently one of their biggest heroes movies. Oh, you mean Scarlet Witch? Because that's my other gripe. This was I thought this was more of a Scarlet Witch movie than it was a Doctor Strange movie. And I disagree that that's a problem. I'm not saying it's a problem, but like, it's just weird. It was weird to me that it seemed outside of that, after that first scene, that Scarlet Witch got more screen time than Doctor Strange did, and his name is on the movie. It's just weird. Yeah. It was just, I, I didn't think it was bad. I was just like, this isn't, this was an interesting choice. Like, she had, <laughs> fucking Scarlet Witch had more character development. Than, than Doctor Strange, I felt it. So, eh. yeah, I do think in that regard, it might behoove Marvel going forward that if they're going to have all of these like important characters with big personalities, they might just lean more heavily into the comic book reference of it all, and they should have just called it Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I I, I think that would have done a better job of setting expectations of what the movie was about too, because. I think I thought it would be more of the whole sequence of them just jumping between worlds, like boom, 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 and being seeing weird shit. And then that we really, outside of the two other worlds or universes that they end up going to, uh, outside of that just like montage sequence, the first time they jump, we don't really see any of the other universes. And the most of the rest of the time, we're just getting the Scarlet Witch story for the most part. So I don't know. It was. It was all, it was all it, and interesting. <laughs> it doesn't help that this is the first movie that is a direct tie-in to a Disney Plus show. True. That it is, is true. It is the only movie, like I guess with the exception of the post-credits scene from Black Widow, it's the only movie that is a continuation of a story that was told in the Disney Plus shows. Because I, you know, watching the movie, I think... They give you enough context that you're not going to be lost if you haven't seen WandaVision. But yeah. if anyone's going to see Doctor Strange, I would say WandaVision is now required viewing. Yeah. It's like watching the prequel, the movie before it, essentially. Because, like I said, Scarlet Witch gets a lot of screen time. And if you don't know any of her motivations or why she's now evil, um, you're going to be pretty damn confused for a lot of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a friend say to me that he thought the movie would have gone over a little bit better if there had been something in between to serve as a transition for Scarlet Witch to be evil. And I don't agree with that. Uh, only because, and not to say that this is a satisfying conclusion to draw, but I think that WandaVision is itself enough of a transition, and the only things we didn't see happen was her studying the book. And that's because we know through this movie that to read the book at all 
is to become corrupted by it. And so there wasn't really any more transition to show. But I understand how that comes across as a little clunky in the movie. Yeah, I well, and I, I didn't think it really came across how, if you read it just once, it corrupts you until the very last scene of the movie or the last, like, you know, two, set five seconds. Uh, or it's not five seconds. Was it? The third eye scene where I was <laughs> like, oh, shit. Um... Until then, you're like, oh, wow, okay. But before that, I think at the, like at the end of WandaVision, you had no idea that, oh, she's now fucking crazy. Well, yeah, but you knew she was reading the book that is bad. Yeah, but reading the book that is bad based on all, like, hero tropes does not guarantee you to just be like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want now. There's well, usually... no, and I, I don't mean to say that opening the book means that you are evil. I'm just saying that the book itself is a corrupting force, and Wanda clearly gave herself to it willingly, so I don't think that the transition to evil should be a surprise. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not trying to argue that at all, because I, 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 I'm with you. I I thought the op- their, her introductory scene did that. When she snaps her fingers and everything goes to just death, I'm like, that that's all you needed. <laughs> like, if you didn't, if you couldn't put that together, then I don't know. I don't know what to tell you because I thought that was pretty darn obvious. Hmm. So let's talk Sam Raimi. Okay. I'm I'm probably not gonna have a whole lot <laughs> to, to contribute on this part, but yes, that's okay. I'm guessing you've never seen a Sam Raimi movie. I mean, I've seen the first. I've uh, at some point have seen all of the the Spider-Man movie movies. Okay. Spider-Man that's fine. Movies. So I I do not consider myself the biggest Sam Raimi fan. I've seen the Spider-Man, I've seen Darkman, I've seen Drag Me to Hell, and I've seen you know, enough of Evil Dead. Uh I appreciate his style. I would even say I like his style. But in some ways, he's a little too cheesy and he's a little too much for me. That being said, I need Marvel to hand Doctor Strange to Sam Raimi in the same way that they gave James Gunn the Guardians and they gave Taika Waititi Thor. I need Sam Raimi to stay with Doctor Strange because... Everything about the visual flair of this movie, the set pieces that happen in this movie, it's all very Raimi, and I am absolutely here for it. Um, I I want to talk at length about the scene with the Illuminati, but first, can I just say that Doctor Strange finding his way spiritually through the multiverse to inhabit the decaying corpse of a different (laughs) self and then flying across a frozen wasteland on wings made of literally multiple demons is the dopest shit I have seen in the MCU since day one. (laughs) That was pretty sweet. Zombie Doctor Strange with swirling black wings was amazing. And I I don't know if anything is going to top that particular motif. <laughs> can you can you just back me up on that? Can you tell me that was dope as shit? It was it was kind of the coolest part of the whole movie. So right. I, I, I'm in agreement there. As long as Sam Raimi didn't have any hand in the writing of this movie, he, he can continue not. to make them. 
because this was one of the poorest written Marvel movies I've seen. It was cheesy as all hell and downright predictable at what lines they would say in multiple instances. <laughs> and I, I was, I was of anything. I was most disappointed in how shittily written the dialogue was in this movie. I, I thought it was just outright bad. It was not. Yeah, can very I good. actually? Can I tell you the the writer's writing credits before this? Oh God, am I gonna feel mean? No, I think it'll just make sense. Okay. Um, that that is just to say that before Doctor Strange, the man has only written for TV. Okay, that makes sense. What was it, Big Bang Theory? <laughs> uh, he was an assistant writer for 13 episodes of Community. Oh. Uh, he well, that makes wrote, he wrote an episode for Rick and Morty. He was the writer for Loki. Wait. And he did eight episodes of a show called Heels. He wrote all of Loki? He is credited for six episodes of Loki, which I believe is the whole season. Oh, what the fuck? Because that wasn't bad. Well, okay, maybe not the writer, but he was a writer. It looks like he has direct credits for the first and last episode. That's surprising, because it... Oh, God, I, I don't know. I just... There were some sequences, like, in the first scene, when she just looks at him and goes, but we're friends. And I'm like, oh, oh, we're going... We're starting early, huh? That was just <laughs> terrible. And I don't know. It, it, I didn't think, did you think this one was very funny? Um, I don't think I didn't think a lot of the jokes landed that well. There were only a couple like boomer dads in my theater that laughed at some of them. Yeah, I guess I didn't really think about it that much. That's a good point. That might be something I try to clue into if I watch it again. I, I honestly, I think most of what was funny was, uh. Honestly, in uh, Sam Raimi's visual style, like the things that were shocking visuals presented so deadpan, I found probably more funny than any joke. Like uh, Captain Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> Captain Carter. <laughs> I was that was actually like the funniest part of the movie to me was that whole Illuminati battle sequence. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so let's talk about that then. Let's move on. OK. Um. Man. All right. So the Illuminati themselves, this, uh, the Illuminati themselves is something I worry about when it comes to the multiverse, because I was at first delighted to see John Krasinski show up as Mr. Fantastic. That being said, John Krasinski is like the front running fan pick for Mr. Fantastic. Is he really? And so I, I've heard his name thrown out a lot. For Mr. Fantastic. Interesting. And so I I wonder then, is this a confirmation that he is Mr. Fantastic, or are they just going to use the multiverse as a fan service machine and say, no, you can't have John Krasinski, but we'll we'll give you this instead? Interesting. Because it's kind of the same thing with bringing back Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. They're not going to use him when they do X-Men. They kind of can't. The no. man does not have long for this world and cannot sign up for another couple decades movie deal. They're just not going to use him. But they bring him in as a bit of fan service. Like, clearly, this is not 
probably the universe where the Fox X-Men take place and they're just using him as a Charles Xavier. But until we get a casting confirmation on the Fantastic Four movie, I don't know how far I can believe that they're actually committing to John Krasinski. Given the whole nature of that universe and how no one except for the one guy who was Sorcerer Supreme from the first Doctor Strange movie, was a character that we knew, like the uh, an actor that we already knew. Well, that's not entirely true because Captain Carter, Peggy, is a character in Captain America. She just didn't become Captain America. But was that, that the is the same actress. Oh, it was. Okay. But but I that, I guess that's what I mean too. Like It's not an act, a literal Marvel character that we know as a superhero in the universe of the movies we have seen to yes. me was meant that no one who was in that role would be that role in the main universe. Right. Except for like I you interpret said, using the same actor for Mordo kind of muddles it a little bit. Uh, yes. Yes. And so like, it's the multiverse. They can do whatever the fuck they want. They can, they can break the rules at any point in time. I, I don't know how far to trust anything they have established until, like, actual casting confirmations come out. That said, I don't know about you, I really like John Krasinski for the little bit of Mr. Fantastic we saw. Even though, admittedly, it was not a lot. And, th- and then he got fucking string-cheesed. He got string-cheesed immediately. We saw him, like, come in on stretchy legs from off-screen and then extend his arms. And then that was pretty much it, which I guess is probably the point. They want to tease you a little bit. So, and yeah, the Illuminati fight scene, holy fuck. <laughs> um, it's getting memed around the movie Circle Jerk subreddit because a lot of people are like, this is a fucking horror movie, but it's like still a PG-13. But yeah. I don't think that really takes away from like the fact that what went on in that fight scene was pretty fucking striking for a Marvel movie. I mean, somebody uh, got cut in half. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the, the way Captain Carter catching the shield to the waist was presented was kind of funny because again, Sam Raimi, but that is still pretty fucked. Yeah. And, and then her uh, Wanda picking up Mr. Fantastic and just unraveling his limbs. Jesus Christ. Not to mention the tuning fork guy. She takes his mouth and then he screams his own brains out. That was dark. Yeah. That one was that one was probably the most egregious because you're just like, oh my god! Everyone in the theater I was in was like, oh my god! <laughs> it's just his head just like smushed. Like that is not something we have seen in the MCU, and it might not be anything we see in it after this. And I, I'm really appreciative we got to. Like yes. the closest thing is the the scene in Falcon and Winter Soldier when a U.S. agent like chops the dude's head off with the shield but even that was just like some blood and it was entirely off screen you saw that man without a mouth blow a hole in the back of his head yeah it was uh it was something that universe is pretty fucked yeah (laughs) yeah it's not great now Um, their top heroes are all dead And then I just want to say, too, that, like, as somebody that did not watch the Fox X-Men movies, except for Logan, uh, seeing Patrick Stewart put his hands to his head and then see the the image of, like, the psychic rays coming out of his bald head was so funny, like, in the best way. I loved it so much. 
it, that that is the kind of comic book translation I want to see. Just lean into the cheese of it. It's gonna look weird, but just go for it. You know. <laughs> I don't really know what he expected to have happen going into her mind. <laughs> just saying. Yep, that was cool though. Um, the the mind scene with Wanda. That's the kind of thing that like if you haven't seen WandaVision, um you you pick up pretty quickly in this movie what her motivations are. She has kids in a universe. She wants to see her kids. You're missing a lot of nuance, but you at least get the motivation so you can be locked into her being an opposing force in this movie. Uh, the bunker scene in her mind is something that is presented entirely without context, and it might not matter, but having seen WandaVision, the things they do in that scene are very cool and is exactly the kind of tie-ins I want to see from the Disney Plus shows because it's the same bunker that she talks about her and her brother being trapped under and it even had the TV on the other side of the opening that was like that moment being the entire inspiration for the events that happened in WandaVision. Yeah. This is very cool. And then you get to see Patrick Stewart's head just get snapped. Yeah. Yeah, that was also pretty, 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 like, actually scary. Oh, see, like, I... her her face and the long fingers was, like, a very, like, it, it was almost a jump scare. I don't know. I I just never, I and maybe, I just, I, I don't know. I was at no point like, oh, this is spoopy. I was like, oh, wow, that was pretty dark wow oof but i, wasn't I mean yeah i guess none of it was scary but it was all shocking yeah they had the one attempted jump scare scene or i think they were like oh they're gonna do a jump scare and then they was just there was like a scream and i was like wow that was fucking lame <laughs> <laughs> i think when they were in the when they were in the like pipes when they were trying to escape uh when they're about when they're right about to find the book of Vishanti, I think that's when it was, and I was like, "Well, that was that was not done well." <laughs> oh, you know, actually, I think I might have ran to the bathroom during that part. Oh, I mean, you didn't really miss much, except that was the, the point potential jump scare. <laughs> uh, all right, you got anything else you want to say about Doctor Strange? Um, I felt like I did, and of course, I'm gonna blank. So, banter for, like, two <laughs> seconds. So, you know, not being a Sam Raimi fan yourself, I don't know if you would have picked up on, you know, when they were in, when when uh, when Doctor Strange and America Chavez ended up in the universe where they had to, where, where they ended up meeting the Illuminati, and she gets some pizza balls and has a run-in with Pizza Papa. Do you remember this scene? Yes. Pizza Papa played by Bruce Campbell. Because Bruce Campbell is in literally every Sam Raimi movie. Oh. And he just showed up to say, Pizza Papa always gets paid. And then also in classic Bruce Campbell fashion, Doctor Strange turned his own hand against him. Well, did you stay for the very end c credit scene? Of course. Yeah, and then it's, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All that is very Raimi, and I was I was so happy to see Bruce Campbell show up for just a weird part. Oh, I remembered. I remembered. Why okay. they have why I need Marvel to stop doing their typical Marvel bullshit with the quote villain of all of these movies. 
I don't think Scarlet Witch is actually dead, but why? Why do you keep, like, in quotes, killing off characters in one-off movies? Stop. Please. I, I agree. There's so many ways... Like these are they have gotten rid of iconic characters that can have recurring minor roles at any point in time going forward that you eliminate because you just kill them in their introductory movie. Like the, one of the few dudes who doesn't die in his introductory movie is the fucking dude from Captain America who takes over the uh or who tr- who tries to kill all the super soldiers. He's at least in two movies before they kill him. Like <laughs> It, it just dry and and this is how I know Scarlet Witch is not actually dead because she's been in two goddamn many movies for that to be the way that you kill her because that's just disrespectful as shit to give her her own TV show and then just have a building crumble on her like that's that's if she's actually dead holy crap that was done poorly I I'm like ninety percent sure she's not but still come on fine I mean what what have you ever introduced Doctor Doom are you just gonna fucking kill him immediately because that'd be fucking crazy the only one they haven't really killed off immediately is thanos and that's because he didn't really show up until infinity war (laughs) he was only in two movies really um yeah i agree with all of what you're saying uh i do think if this wasn't a problem for marvel prior then this wouldn't be that bad of an example um and i mean i mean i i have caveats to that only because like she is a long-standing character um, and she had a heel turn that ended up with her killing herself. So, like... In quotes. Yeah. So, granted, they, it, it is funny that as soon as she is a proper villain, they kill her off immediately. But at least, like, there was a storyline here, and they didn't just kill her in her first appearance. Yes. Uh, but, to your point, I, I also don't think she's dead. Generally, in movies, if they don't show the corpse, they're not dead. Um, And it will be really disappointing if she is, because there was no weight to her death whatsoever. Just that she destroyed the book in every every universe, which is also kind of fucking insane. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I that uh, yeah. Yeah. Because also, it didn't really seem like it was necessary. Like, she didn't have to be inside the temple to lift the walls of the temple and break it. Yeah. Like, I I don't see what any part of that process couldn't have been done from outside. I think this goes back to my writing point. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not, was not the best outing from a writing standpoint. No, it, it surely was not. In, in this instance, I think that the movie for me was saved on uh, its style over everything else. And, and I think that is a form of criticism I'm going to take into every Marvel movie going forward, is that yeah. as the plot lines get more complicated, as more characters get involved, and as they maybe have less time to flesh out the concepts they're going for, I might just start valuing the style of the particular movies over the substance of any of them. Well, that's that's kind of what my big takeaway going for is is for these is if I think I'm really going to only like really enjoy and like a Marvel movie if I come out of it and go that was very unique and had a it, it was doing its own thing and was a Marvel movie. 
rather than the, I felt like this tried, but for me it wasn't enough because it still followed the Marvel formula almost to a T, and I was kind of just bored with the the direction plot wise that the movie took because I'm like I've seen this movie ten times already. From, from that standpoint. And I, I, I wasn't as tuned into as much of the Raimi-ness of it, I think, as you were. But but to your to your point, like going forward, like that's why one of my favorite parts of the whole movie was at before the movie even started when they showed the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's coming. Hell, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because that has a distinct feel it, that it's going to have and it's different from the traditional marvel formula at least i hope it continues to be different from the traditional marvel formula yes which was i think uh both of our one of our biggest criticisms of shang chi as much as we both really liked that movie we would have liked it a lot better if they just committed it to it being a hundred percent a kung fu movie oh my god instead oh. of the third act being a cgi mush Yes, dude, if that was just the Marvel take on classic Chinese kung fu movies, I'm telling you, 9 out of 10, that movie would have been so good. I mean, I again, I actually think I put this and Shang-Chi, or this being uh, Doctor Strange and Shang-Chi kind of on the same tier, but I think I liked Shang-Chi more just because it was new. It was a new character, so it had that little bit of freshness to it. Um, but, I mean, they kind they both had the same trope stuff uh, shang chi was a little funnier too but uh yeah that's that i i think i have now said all my all my piece on doctor strange and the multiverse of madness all right i think it's worth watching i i had a good time i don't regret seeing it in theaters and i would still recommend it i if you're not super in and you don't have any burnout which i clearly am getting at this point i think you could wait till it's on disney plus but I think it it we're getting to the point now where until they until Marvel cl- clearly lets the viewers know the build up what the build up to the next big thing is gonna be, we're kind of back to where we were. I feel in Phase One where I if I don't watch a trailer and go ooh I want to see that I'm probably not gonna go see it because <laughs> I didn't see a lot of Phase One movies. I still haven't seen a lot of phase one movies and it was mostly because none of them looked appealing to me. So how long until you think we start getting two minute sizzle reels in front of every Marvel movie. That's like a previously on the MCU. Oh God, please. No, <laughs> we're better than that. That's what the, that's what the, uh, Disney plus shows are for. Yeah. Fair. So, all right. I, one thing I, Moving away from the actual discussion on it, but just a, a, a quick little thing on Marvel going forward. What do we have? Do you know what we have on the docket for the rest of the year other than Thor, War, and Thunder? I will look it up. Because I was wondering that of exactly how much more. I feel like there's another TV show. There's the Miss Marvel TV show. I, and then War, Thor, War, and Thunder, which is this summer. But there's got to be something. The Guardians Christmas specials is fall, but I didn't think Guardians three was until next early next year. That is correct. And I I don't know if we have what other movie we would have around the end of the year. All right. So the next is Thor. After that, in November, we have Black Panther two. Oh. 
And then next year we will have uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians 3, and the Marvels. And then uh, Fantastic Four is confirmed, but it does not have a date set. Interesting. So, other than Ant-Man and the Wasp, and potentially, really, other than Ant-Man and the Wasp, we're getting a lot of just, like, their own thing movies, it seems like. Because Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think, could have, since it's the quantum shit, it's going to probably also explore some of the multiverse, I would think, and 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 push us towards where where the overarching plot's going to go but I and Guardians I don't I don't know how much that's going to be involved with that either. So, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, I am curious if Thor will be involved in Guardians 3 at all. Like the and, character himself? Yes. And and it's probably going to be impossible to tell until Love and Thunder comes out. I kind of uh, hope because, he is. like the the Guardians early is going to be in like the first 10 minutes of Love and Thunder and then we don't really know where it's going to go from there. Yeah, I kind of hope. My hope for it is, it's a uh, he's with them. They go off and do something, and then he's with them at the end. Now, whether that means Guardian Three is what they were doing when they weren't together, or he meets up with them and is in Guardians Three, I don't know. But I kind of hope Thor is also in Guardians Three. I think that'd be sweet. Yeah. Uh, and then as far as Disney Plus shows, we have uh, Miss Marvel is the next one. It starts on June 8th. Uh, and then She-Hulk is still going to be sometime this year. Uh, it says mid-2022, so maybe the fall. And then Secret Invasion is supposed to come out this year. Oh, it, oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Yep. And there, there are a lot more shows confirmed, but that's all for this year. That's interesting. I feel like they've started spacing stuff out we don't have nearly as much stuff coming out as we did a few years ago yeah those are weird times weird no movie going times <laughs> yeah i think i do think it's a little it's kind of good though it's it's allowing people to get over the fatigue that i know i have because yeah it's it, it's just been a lot and i just need something to motivate me to want to see them again you know <laughs> Like previously, we had the the build up to an Avengers movie. We don't even know if we'll have that anymore. So, yeah, yeah. Who knows when the next big team up will be? Could be a long way off if they ever do one again. It's gonna be weird. Yep. All right. Uh, the only other thing that I've got to really talk about uh, is, uh, and I I don't know if you have heard about this, but uh, at the end of this month. Netflix is going to be releasing Norm Macdonald's final stand-up special. I I did see a headline about that, but that's that's all I saw. Now what this means is during the pandemic, Norm Macdonald shot his own stand-up special alone because he knew that he was dying. And he did this specifically to be released after his death. Isn't that crazy? That's really dark. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it super is. I, you know, I don't even consider myself a Norm MacDonald fan. Like, that is to say, 
I don't think I have a particular affinity for any movie he's been in. I've never seen any of his stand-up. I don't even know what his comedy stylings are. But I intend to watch the special because the 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 artistic idea behind a post-mortem like done by and for yourself is so interesting to me. Yeah. That does that definitely that just sounds like your thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is just a Chris thing, like made for Chris. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I don't either, but you know what? You have a brand or a style, so there's that. <laughs> that's 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 kind of good, right? Yeah. So that comes out on May 30th. Oh, wow. So Memorial Day weekend. Oh, okay, sure. That's, American holidays. That, I, right? Yeah, that's some, Oh, wait, no. Yeah, that's on Memorial Day. Also kind of depressing. Wow. <laughs> well, we're almost a year... Uh, I think it's next weekend, or is it this weekend? A year out, year anniversary of Inside coming out. Hell yeah! So I can't, I, I can't wait to watch that again, because you know I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> um, I just want to share a quote here. Uh, this is from, according to this IGN article, his longtime producing partner. Uh, they say, "quote He wanted to get this on tape just in case, as he put it, things went south." It was his intention to have a special to share if something happened. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be a comedy special. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of dark comedy. Oh, It's stand-up, baby. Oh, my God. Yeah, but extra dark. <laughs> All right, and then the only other big thing that happened was Master Chief boned the fuck down on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. See, I, I we said we were going to talk about this, and I don't even really at this point want to talk about it. <laughs> That's okay. I didn't watch it, and now I'm never going to. I just think it's fucking funny. The thing that I think irritates me the most about that episode, I believe it was episode eight, because the final episode comes out this week, um, is that the episode before that, I'm pretty sure episode seven was the one that had the really fucking cool combat scene. That everyone was like, wow, that was really awesome. I don't know if that was episode 6 or episode 7. Because I, too, am not watching it. And I'm also not going to watch it. Um, and and I just don't understand why we can't get a Halo adaptation that everybody wants. Which is basically just fucking adapt the Fall of Reach book into a TV show or a movie or something. Because it would just do bonkers numbers. And be really good. I, I, why can't we just get that, please? I, that's all I'm gonna yeah, say. It, it is, it is like a particular brand of Hollywood meddling that honestly I thought we were past. Of just taking an IP and then saying fuck the source material, I'm doing my own thing, and yeah, just shit like literally, literally doing something completely off book and just slapping the name on it. So, I, I have. One coworker who has watched like three episodes, and I was talking. I would. I asked her this weekend because we had a get together. If she had watched up to that episode, and I told her that that what happened that he bones, and she was like, "Oh, that kind of. I mean, that kind of makes sense given like all this like emotional issues he's been having with 
shit. I was like, oh no, what the fuck have they done in this TV show? <laughs> but I'm like, at le- I don't know if it's a good thing that it, the the pl- course it has taken makes sense for anyone who does, because she's not n- played any of the games, knows nothing about it, about the source material. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing that it at least makes sense if you know nothing about it. Or if it's even more insulting that they made a show that only makes sense if you know nothing about the source material. Yeah. Like, most games and, and, and most video game adaptations we got, you know, in the before times, like, they never really made a lot of sense. I never felt like video games were really given anything extra by being adapted into a movie. Especially when The Rock recently announced that he was producing a movie adaptation of It Takes Two. Which, as I've said to you... It Takes Two is not a very interesting story. The story is just elevated because of the particular style of the gameplay involved. And so, like, if they do get that movie off the ground, it's just going to be kind of a generic maybe rom-com and not really be tied to the idea of it being a video game at all. Um, yeah. And and then you get stuff like Assassin's Creed or Prince of Persia that's just kind of generic. And it's like, did this? did you make money on this? Did anyone care? And and then and then you look at Halo and like you said they could have just done the fall of reach. They didn't have to change anything. That was just that would have just been bog standard adapt a book. Bring the words on the page to a visual medium. You don't need there is no legwork involved in this concept and you have a good story that will work on a big screen. Why couldn't they just do that? Like you could have had through episode three, or four episodes, you could have had of just them training. Like they do in the book, when they're young kids training. Mm. Like you could have had two full episodes just dedicated to the young kids training and them bonding. Like you, you could write, like add some extra shit, you know, extra writing, extra types of training to watch. But like, you know, put them through some fucked up shit. Like, you could, boom, there you go. Like, you could stretch that entire book into a 10-episode show, I think. And there's not, it's not a huge book. But you could because there's so much shit open. You could incorporate other stuff from other books that would have happened before Reach fell is where I'm going out with that. You know, like, there's there's so much you could have done. And it's not hard. I don't know why. I, I, I you know... I think one of our friends posted the um, the landfall short again that came out ten years ago that Blumkamp did that then turned into District Nine, oh and it's God. just and it's just you watch that and go, this is better than anything in the current show. Imagine the combat is like, camp. oh my God! I watch that short every time I go. This is like real. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if Blomkamp just could have made a Halo movie 10 years ago. I feel like he could do it tomorrow if if they let him, and he would do <laughs> it. I feel like he would just do it. And and this is probably my, my big corporate cynicism showing, but I kind of feel like if Halo was on literally any other streaming service besides Peacock, it would have been a, a better Plus. show. Yeah. I I mean I mean besides what it's on or also Peacock, 
Like those two in particular, if it was on Netflix, if it was on HBO, God forbid, if it was on Disney plus, if it was done by Amazon, I'm not saying we would have gotten fall of reach, but we, we would have gotten something closer to being a good halo series. Yeah. I mean, cause... And, I, and I only say that because that's like that's CBS and NBC and they are like big brand network television people that clearly don't understand what is going to make an adaptation for the fans i guess because as much as like the witcher has book fans griping because it's not as it's not the book to the t i'd rather be having that argument than it just butchering it completely yeah absolutely they can do their own thing they can tell their own story it doesn't have to be canon that's fine but this is just so weirdly off base yeah, and the fact that um, no, okay, we're not. Nope, no, I'm not. I'm not going back in. I'm not going back in. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, unless you have something else you want to talk about, then I think that's about what we're gonna cut the episode. Oh, it'll be real quick. Big Fall Guys news. Oh, you you want to talk it about is, the Fall Guys? It thing? is going free to play on basically all platforms, and a lever a lever a level creator is coming. Hell yeah. So get your beat dust off your beans <laughs> and jump back into Fall Guys, baby, because it's still fun. We we keep we play it every once in a while. Yeah. Um and I think it going free to play is huge. I think it'll bring some people back and bump up those numbers because it needs more people in it. When we play some of the last times when we've played some of the team games, like we get the same people in <laughs> in our games. So like, oh, I remember that motherfucker from last game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hopefully the news spreads and it does what they want and it's not just like a gasping breath before the end of Fall Guys. Yeah, but I mean I think it's got enough people still that that I mean they keep putting out new content for it, so it's somehow sure. making money. How? I I have no idea. It's about to be making money off battle passes. Fuck. Wait, are they? Are we going to have to pay for those now? I think so. Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's why it said season one. Mm. Yep. Fair. Touche. It's okay. That game's been around for two years now, and they really have had no monetization at all. I mean, there is some, but very little, so I'm okay with it. Very, very little. I would actually support that that's a game i've played enough that to warrant giving them way more money than i have way <laughs> yeah, more i, mean, than I think i've got like a, i've got like 180 hours in that game yeah no like if if you compare that to how much money i put into apex because i played it about the same amount of time i owe them like 400 dollars <laughs> <laughs> all right but yeah that's gonna be on june 21st is the day it goes free to play hell yeah which is two days before the 31st anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog. Cool. <laughs> can, can, you just, can you just let me have that? Can you just be with me on this, please? No. <laughs> All right. Obi-Wan Kenobi comes out soon. Hell yes. Cool. Damn. <laughs> Get fucked, you and McGregor. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Obsession underscore pod and tell me 
which vegetable you think belongs in A tier. Right? Let's see, that was a trick question, because is it A tier or any tier? <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, wordplay. All right, that was not intentional, but... Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> tell a friend. Listen to us in two weeks, and bye-bye.